You've reached the Yellow Room with Benjamin Chipman, your home for all things wantonly optimistic. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right with you. I'm going. All right. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Yellow Room with Benjamin Chipman. This is a podcast about wanton optimism and the Gen Z experience. So stick around as we get to know each other. My favorite color is yellow, but it hasn't always been that way. You know, for a long time, I was a blue person. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong about it or bad about that. But, you know, for me, it was a matter of what I was expected to do. And it was conforming and it was easy. But from the time that we're able to ask questions, you know, I, I feel like one of the first things that we get asked is, oh, what's your favorite color? It's an innocuous question, but, you know, it's used for the next years of our lives to guide the color we paint our childhood bedroom or like the color sweater or socks you get from your grandparents at Christmas or, or whatever holiday you celebrate. And it, honestly, it, it doesn't make any significant difference in your life. It's just what, what you chose at one point and what you've stuck with for so long. But revisiting the, the question, revisiting the question, what is your favorite color when you get to this certain age? you know, you realize how much parts of it have shaped your personality. There's there's so many studies and and psychology studies and things like that about like, oh, well, if you wear more red, you know, you're more likely to be outgoing. Or if you wear blue, like you're not going to be the leader in the group. I don't know, whatever it is. And so I, I don't know. One day I just started to rethink about what is my favorite color and why was it blue? And so for me, I've changed my answer, and I did that when I was 18. And now the decision to change my answer to what's your favorite color has drastically changed you know, my outlook on, on the way I approach relationships or my perspectives on day-to-day things and, and the way I talk to and, and about myself. So with that, welcome to the first installment of The Yellow Room, a wantonly optimistic podcast. So I'm talking a big deal here about the color yellow. I I mean, it's the name of this podcast after all. And so clearly I've adopted this color into my life as as this ever-present symbol and and lifestyle. And so I know it seems kind of ridiculous and we're not really sure where this is going. Like, okay, it's been what, a minute and a half of me talking about the color yellow and haven't said anything of substance to it yet. But for me... It's become my North Star. You know, it's this guiding thing in my life that I look to in in every conversation I have with someone, in in the way I choose to look at a bump along the way. You can't be down or you can't be sad while wearing the color yellow. Like, it's functionally audacious. It's out there. It's loud. It's shiny. It's radiant. and, And it represents joy, you know, to so many people in so many cultures. And... It's warmth and, and it's fond memories. And I've come to realize that holding the color yellow dear to, to my heart and, and to me in my relationships or my interactions with anyone else, it's, it's really brought this new perspective into my life that I'm so grateful for. And I associate almost everything I do with it. But I can't take credit for for this realization. 
actually, I, I never dream of taking credit for it. So with that, let me tell you about the most wonderful person that I've ever known. Margaret was, and Margaret is an immense piece of, of the person that I am today. She's my godmother. And despite my tumultuous relationship with religion, uh, she was the embodiment of, of, of what Christianity is supposed to be. And by that, I just mean pure love, no politics or caveats about it. She was one of those special types of people that just, she'd say something so tongue in cheek that you would be less surprised about what she said and like more surprised that she was the one who said it, that it was her mouth that it came out of. And there wasn't a single person who didn't just like sing her praises. She was a elementary school teacher and she just had this absolute radiance about her and her favorite color was yellow, unsurprisingly. Margaret's illness though was the kind that gave her the time to plan out her funeral. And this was not something that she took lightly. It was Margaret's idea that, you know, a a funeral was supposed to be a celebration of life, not this tragic day where where you mourn. You know, the the funeral was the time where the family gets together. It's a time where you celebrate. And this funeral was unlike any other funeral I've ever been to or any that I've even ever heard of. I, I mean, she requested the song Spirit in the Sky to be played as her recessional song, which, if you don't know, is a classic rock song. And with all the drums and electric guitar that you could imagine. And so she requested that to be playing as we walked out of the church. And so more so than that, she requested that every single person that attended her wake and her funeral wear the color yellow. And the impact that seeing a group of people mourning the death of someone who's taken way too young, wearing yellow, had on the overall mood of the funeral was just... It was astounding. You know, there's there's the common idea in in memes and whatnot today that like we all want our funerals to be like parties and celebrations or whatever. You know, I feel like we've all seen that, you know, with an open bar or whatever it else. But Margie was ahead of the times on that front. You know, seeing everyone in in yellow dresses and holding yellow roses or outfitted with yellow ties or like she always wore these yellow Chuck Taylor shoes and so many people in her family and her friends wore them that day. You know, this, this event just, it opened my eyes to the incredible power of yellow. And this is something that her husband, John conceptualized really, really beautifully in, in his book, a journey without a map, which is a tribute to her compassion and her love as, as a person in her time on earth. But, It was from this moment that I saw just how powerful mindset, perspective, and choice was on the human experience. You know, something as simple as as a color, something as simple as just wearing yellow became the differentiating factor on the day of her funeral between a day marked by despair and sadness and tragedy and a day it became distinctly about remembering this incredible woman and, and the beauty that accompanied that and the beauty that accompanied the relationships that she had with people. 
all because everyone was in yellow. So Margaret's daughter and, and my friend Julia, she writes in this book, I've grown to embrace the color yellow and let it inspire me to have happy days. And in many ways, Julia has become, for me, who, who Margaret was. She's a person who, she emanates love and compassion and, and who I never fear is judging me and is someone who that I'm always smiling and laughing with. And to me, Julia is yellow through and through. She is yellow embodied. And, and so my active choice now to see things as yellow, to try to bring yellow into everything I do with this idea of want and optimism and just recklessly trying to see the good in things comes from my deep admiration for, for Pete, for Margaret and, and for Julia. And, you know, this yellow room, this, this space, this podcast, what I hope to share with you, it's that you can take this concept, this idea of bringing yellow into everything that you do and choose whatever color you want. You know, it doesn't have to be yellow, but choose this reminder to exist in your life and, and help and allow it to guide you in, in the way that you choose to see things. You know, that, that there's such power in choosing to see things from the perspective of someone who comes from a yellow place. And throw away the rose-colored glasses, you know, I, I'm sure they're pretty, but they're not yellow. And I challenge you to choose to see the good and compassion and think optimistically. You know, like, like working out, it, it's a muscle that you have to actively flex. And you'll grow in your optimistic outlook. And... You know, this is the antithesis of, of how I used to think about things and how I used to approach life. You know, I, I was constantly stressed in high school and early in college. And, you know, I was always thinking about, okay, what is my five-year plan? What is, what is this little thing that I can get to get to the next step? And you know what? Like, at the end of the day, if you're just seeing things in, in a good light and, and you're seeing how things can work out for you or for your friends or for those that you love, you know, it really changes the way that you then interface with yourself and the conversations you have about your future and the way you talk to your friends about, you know, trusting in, in what they're putting their mind into and, and where they're putting their efforts. You know, I, I've really only adopted this mindset that this yellow for, for the past two years and the pandemic years, honestly, but it has driven me to create some of my strongest relationships, regardless of how long I've known these people. You know, some people who I've known for my entire life have said, you've really changed in the last two years. And I have. And it's because of this. And, you know, that I think that's a huge compliment. I've also been able to find new friends who I can firmly and confidently say that it's driven by seeing the good in others and being open to these new relationships. We're not knowing where they're going to go and having that be a good thing. So honestly, guys, like we've all heard the saying, your perceptions, your reality. So make it what you want to be. You know, your mind has the power to interpret and to process things in whatever manner it wants. If you want to look at it as glass half empty, like be my guest. That's your prerogative. But I'm going to be honest with you and I think that's a shitty way to be. 
So I don't think it's cute to be a nihilist. And I think it's a really sad reality that paves the way for a lonely future. And sure, whatever, this is tough love or, or whatnot. But if you're still listening to this podcast at this point, it means you're at least skeptical of, of what yellow could do, of what it could be. And so put on the damn yellow glasses, just try it out. And I don't care if you think you look stupid or silly, because you know what, like, at least you can laugh at yourself. And I think we all need to laugh a little bit more. So what's your favorite color? You know, what is that doing for you? I feel like I'm yellow's PR manager right here. So if you didn't answer yellow, I think I might have did something wrong. I might have to revisit this. But guys, you, you owe it to yourself to create the reality that you want to exist in. And your perspective is such a powerful tool to do so. So that's what I got. That is the story of how yellow entered my life and, and became so important. It's something inspired from this woman that I love and that guided a world, to, uh, guided a bunch of people close to her to see the world in a new lens, even when confronted with something so dark. So if you like what you heard today, keep up with me across my social media channels at Ben Shipman 5 and send me a message about what resonated with you because hearing from y'all makes my day. Or even better, if something I said made you think of someone special in your life, send this along to them. They'd love to hear from you. And so as you take on the rest of your day, month, and year, I challenge you to choose optimism with reckless abandon. And watch the love flow forth with a yellow heart, your friend, Ben. <laughs>